Congratulations, you found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. And special guest, Alyssa Mann, the queen of romance. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. This is how freakishly, freakishly weird. weird I eat my food. My, one of my favorite things to do is buy Lucky Charms. And bear with me because I know this isn't the right thing, but I like to eat the cat food first and the marshmallows last. No, that's <laughs> how you're supposed to do it. I like to okay. eat the cat food s- and throw away the marshmallows. What no, the no. You gotta Why eat- would you even buy Lucky Charms? Because point? I like the cat food. Buy then buy regular cat food. So then buy Alphabet. They don't waste <laughs> the marshmallows. They don't sell buy it It's pretty much way. Cheerios. Is it? No, because the marshmallows rub against the dry bits and, and they have a special flavor. Yeah, Just get a new cereal, Martha. the same, except when you get the alphabets, you have to try to spell things or eat all of the vowels first and leave the consonants for last. Or, yeah, well, or the opposite if it were me, depending opposite. on how you're feeling. If it were mm-hmm. me, I would make words and everything that doesn't fit into a word gets You'd eaten. You'd have to throw. Oh, You'd have fair. to eat it. Yeah, and then you leave the other ones to admire. Or haunt people. Or leave haunt for, Oh, yes. Leave it for people on the for table, haunting. and then they come back, and they're like, what happened to cereal? My name has been spelled in cereal. It's a cereal killer. <laughs> it's a Stephen King novel. So this week I was doing my dishes, you know, after, because I, I wash my dishes before I wash my dishes, so... Some of the big stuff that I couldn't those fit into my dishwasher, I just left in the sink and I loaded my dishwasher. And I got to thinking as I was loading my dishwasher that um, this is where my Tetris skills come in handy. Mm-hmm. And they said that video games would just rot your brain, but really you use those skills every time you load your dishwasher. Man, I bet you can pack a refrigerator too. Well, if I ever bought enough food... <laughs> I seriously... You should have seen my mother-in-law's refrigerator last time we went to visit. Was it packed? Oh, my God. It's like a wall of food. Yeah. You know, and I'm she's always, like, here, put this in the fridge. Martha, have you seen your refrigerator? It's your refrigerator a is a wall of food. It is a wall of food. I'm always kind of a little bit sad when I go to my parents' house and they don't have wall of food fridges because they're like, well, only two people live here, so I, mean, I don't well, need to buy only two people living like, at my house and it's still a wall of food. Right now, I, it's fine, but like, I went away. I had to go to a thing for work a couple weeks ago. And I was just like, eat all your food, you know, throw anything away that's, you know, might be iffy when you get back. And I came home and the only thing in my fridge was beverages and sauces. How depressing is that? It's not, though. I didn't want anything to go bad and I ate all my leftovers. And like, I live alone, so there's not a lot of like extras lying around. Like, I can't buy, like, stuff for, like, a salad. Yeah. Because when you buy, like, a whole head of lettuce, unless I eat a salad for every meal every day, some of that lettuce will go bad. And yeah, that feels really right. wasteful. I and know, so I buy too. prepackaged salads, like, because I don't want that food to go bad. It's really hard to buy produce. You have to be like, I'm going to buy four apples, and you have to eat those four apples yourself because no one else is going to pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to make real decisions at the grocery store. So, are you going to eat this, or is half of it going to go bad? <laughs> so there's absolutely no no Tetris skills involved in your refrigerator packing. No, there's not in mine. There's either. a lot of things 
giving leftovers in there right now still. So but how about your dishwasher? Is your Tetris? Yes, because I also when you live alone, I use like one plate, a fork and a knife every day, plus like <laughs> cooking implements and stuff because I eat at work. Like and then for lunch. like 5,000 glasses. And then eight, yeah. And yeah. then all the glasses I own. And 12,000 so like, coffee cups. I put the plate sideways and the cups like lining uh-huh. it. And yeah. And I you can just you lay have taken a your picture microwave of that cover shit. on top of everything. Uh-huh. My spring loaded pan was like over top of my other food. Yeah. Spring form. Spring form. Spring form. It is a, a spring loaded pan would be dangerous. <laughs> I want it to be spring-loaded. It'd be like a metal jack-in-the-box. <laughs> Is that what that would be like? <laughs> like a cake pops out? <laughs> it flakes cake at you. That's what it is. Ooh, I love spring-loaded cake cans are for launching prank cakes at people. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that sounds good. Prank cake pan. All right. Um, we have to send great vibes to our friend Kayla. Yes. Kayla's having a health issue, and we want all of our book girls to band together like a super team and send out their best book girl vibes for our buddy Kayla and Lawton. I'm actually reviewing a book that she recommended to me this week. I know she's going to be fine, but we're just making sure. Does that mean we don't worry about her? Yeah. She has to be fine because she is my partner in crime at at our live events. A severe thunderstorm burning. Right? Your phone's a little late, by the way. <laughs> right? Um, it's already here. It's like the lightning is striking down near our vehicles at the, as we speak, and Bonnie then gets the, it's the like warning. Getting the warning after you're already in the tree. <laughs> we need a warning in your area. <laughs> so funny and not appropriate. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, good vibes to Kayla. Love you, girl. So what else happened this week? Anything fun? Anything bookish? I have some serial killer news. Uh Uh-oh. It's about a movie. (laughs) Dude! (laughs) But it's a good one. It's based on, partially, The Stranger Beside Me, which is the pinnacle pinnacle of true crime. It's The Stranger Beside Me by Anne Rule. It's what set her career off. She was the the queen of true crime. Was? Unfortunately, she's dead. Ooh, look at that pretty picture on the... Radar over there. Holy. Did you guys just hear oh. that wonderful oh. rumble of thunder? I oh. did. Right in Mustang. We got only in Oklahoma. Do you have severe weather Uh-oh. tornado watches? Can I put my car under the roof? Yes. Who wants to go put their car under the roof with me? I don't know that. that will we get in trouble for that? No. No, we won't. That uh, one, Bob Sullivan is on vacation, and two, there's like nobody working here right now. Right. Okay. Yes. And also, I have a really expensive car. I don't, but it doesn't need to be any shittier than it already is. Well, I guess it's everybody else's. <laughs> if everybody else is going, then I guess I'll well, go. I'll It was an adventure. This is what happens when you live in Oklahoma, folks. Did I leave that running? (laughs) Did you? Yeah, I did. (laughs) We're back. (laughs) And we're back. You should just leave that uh, 10 minutes in. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, everyone run. Yeah, when you live in Oklahoma, it's the end of November and you're getting a tornado watch and tennis ball size hail outside your window. 
So we had to go move our cars so that our windshields would not get broken. Damn it. So where were we when we were so rudely interrupted by the fucking weather? Uh. We were talking about... <laughs> oh, yes. Anne Rule. Oh, yeah. Anne Rule, the queen of true crime. Um, so partially based on her book, been waiting for this movie. This movie about Ted Bundy. <gasps> starring Zac Efron. Oh, no. Zac Efron started Ted Bundy? Yeah. Well. Wow. It premiered at Sundance this week. So it's finally upon us. Sweet. So excited. The best looking serial killer ever gets Ted, his own movie. That's the problem. That's why so many people trusted him was because he was hot. I know. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Because we are implicitly, we trust hot people more than we trust not hot people. Which we should not. Which that- we absolutely should not because... Ted Bundy murdered like 36 women no, that dude at a that minimum. Is in prison in Colorado right now that mm-hmm. he pled guilty to murdering his Ugh. wife and his kids. Yes. Uh he's been getting fan mail. Oh, I bet he has. Well, um, there was a there was a guy in the news yesterday, or maybe it was this morning, mm-hmm. who is in prison currently, but he has he has told them that he killed over 90 people. Oh, Samuel Little. Yeah, I've been reading about yes. that. And they want to try to get as many confessions out of him as, as mm-hmm. they can because he's dying. But I think he also just wanted to be moved to a different prison. He did. Well, that's why he said, he well, said they, I'll confess they verified, if you me. They verified 35 of them already. Yeah, they verified a bunch of them. That's a lot. That's and terrifying. a lot of them were, was before they had like DNA. Yeah. Well, one of them from testing. the 70s, I read an article, but out east, I don't know why I'm debating between Pennsylvania and Maryland, but it was one of the two. It was like right over there. And they didn't even know who this woman was. Like, it was this Jane Doe who'd been murdered in the 70s. They never knew who she was. They never had any clue. She wasn't from around there. And this was like a rural area. And now that he's confessed, now they might be able to actually figure out who she is even. Oh, wow. wow. Imagine those poor families. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, not knowing anything for that many years. Yes. Sorry. That was a big one. It was a big one. I'm jealous that I can't watch it. Do you want all you have to do do is turn around like this? (laughs) We can. (laughs) I'm not going to look at anyone while I do the podcast. (laughs) You don't have to look at me. You can look outside the window. (laughs) Our building class, everybody, (laughs) face the blackboard. The radio station is on the sixth floor of a building that has some very panoramic windows here for us to look out over the city lights. And the lightning strikes as we do the it's podcast a tonight. Ton of lightning right now. <laughs> it, it really is. Wow, Jesus Christ! The last day of November here in Oklahoma. Heavy sigh. Can you hear the thunder? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> ho ho! Fucking ho! <laughs> what else? I put my tree up at home. Well, did you see my cubicle? Yeah. I'm the only one in the building. I brought I, I brought stockings to put on my window, and that's uh, it so oh, far. Oh, Nicole, I'm wearing my Christmas socks. <laughs> yes, I've watched. I decorated four my cubicle. Christmas rom com made for TV rom com so far. Do you know that there's an app that lets you look at all of the Hallmark? It's only movie- Hallmark though. Yeah, but- they're even more Martha. <laughs> Christ on a crush. I have You've a be list kidding of me. like probably Eon is pretty much. Like I've thirty. Oh, I own a bunch because there are a couple. I own probably four or five. I'm Some getting sick so to my old. stomach over here. We have they to don't stop. air them on TV anymore. Ugh. It's so good. There was a like Christmas uh, e um, book of the month book this this month. Chris- Christmasy it's book called, of the month. Um, and they uh. compa- reviews compared it to Love Actually. Oh, it's cute. Love Actually is a great movie. 
See, <clears throat> I it do is, have a heart, but a lot of people suck in it, which sucks. Like Alan Who Rickman sucks? is the greatest, but he plays the fucking worst person on the face of the earth. I know. I love him. He though. buys a necklace for that bitch at the office. So what? <laughs> it's still a great movie, and he's still great. He's in it. I want to see. They made like a what, those people a little, keep fat shaming that skinny girl um, who works in yeah. the prime minister's yeah. office. They made a like a sequel to Re- uh, Love Actually, but it they was did. only. Uh, have you seen it? Duh. Uh, I couldn't figure out how to watch it because it, they made it for in I England. Watched, yeah. It's called Red Nose Day, and it's to raise money for some charity. For Red Nose Day, which, yeah, yeah, is actually like most a people. Thing. Well, but uh, I mean, it's much bigger there than it is. Yeah, yeah. it's huge. It's there. massive here. Like Walgreens sells some red noses, and that's about it. Yeah, but and yeah, so but they they only made this movie literally to the sequel to raise money for this deal. Oh, that's and cool. They got all the original actors and actresses to come and be it was a part like of it. Twenty minutes total. Ooh. It was so good. Google that bitch. Aired You'll it. be able to also, find it. Also, um, I like a lot of British television, and so I watch a lot of it illegally because you can't hey. find it anywhere else. Yes, you can. You got to get BritBox. Uh, I already have three subscriptions. I know. See, that's where they get And they you. don't have any everything because there's this one that I've been looking for. And David Tennant, who... I love David Tennant. I'm... I think that he's my number one celebrity crush, and we're in the middle of like a David Tennant renaissance right now, mm, and it's glorious. He is a but beautiful man. But so he was in this man. show called Blackpool, and it was this really dark, like, <gasps> murder mystery. I think I've seen that. And a musical. Have I seen <laughs> At that? At the same time. No, I haven't seen I it. I cannot find it fucking anywhere. Well, I bet some of our uh, British listeners Tell can Tell me us how up. to find it, please. Blackpool. I would love you. The musical. Forever. <laughs> yeah, it was like a, it was like three or four episodes and it was like this super dark story contrasted with like singing and dancing and I want it. Uh, in book news, Aaron Morgenstern's coming out with a new book. <gasps> September of 2019. Ooh, I think it's September. Sweet. That's less than a year. Yay. Ooh. That's exciting. What other kind of book news do we know anything we about it? Uh, there's a title that I can find for you. Hold on. Clickety click. Nicole. It's called the Starless Sea. Mm. Cool. All right. I'm gonna only be able to read this weekend because my new laptop already broke. What? No! That's a brand new fucking laptop. How Which long is have why you had that. I got a three year warranty. <laughs> How that long has that been? That hasn't even months. been a month. Well, I was actually like just on Target.com, guys. Target on broke her laptop. Black Friday. Fuckers. God damn it, Target. No, like it's it was <laughs> all of a sudden my screen kind of like flickered, and then there was a bar on my <gasps> nice pretty screen, <gasps> and then I was like shit. So I turned everything off on my computer and restarted it, and it made it worse. Then there was a bigger bar, and then it started like burning images into my <gasps> screen. So, anyways, I took it to it's it's currently at the. Lap, laptop hospital mm. in Kentucky, apparently. Yeah, mine just has to go to like Best Buy or something. <laughs> well, I took mine to Best Buy and they Yours sent is it so to fancy Kentucky. They have to send it to Kentucky. Yeah, mine is like the rest of us go well, to Best Bob Buy. Bill, in they tech send support. it off depending on what's wrong. So be yeah, careful. That's true. Or oh. sparkles. That's where I took mine. Sprinkles. Sprinkles. They tried to fix support. my work. My work laptop is also fucked up. So I tur- I came back from lunch last week. So I came back. I opened it and it was strobing at me. <laughs> Woo! And then it, it was going through a disco phase. And then it wouldn't stop. <laughs> so then, of course, I had to go through the whole thing with IT and they're like, well, did you restart it? Yes, I restarted it. Well, did you hard restart it? Yes. <laughs> I hate it when they do that. They act, and they act like you're a complete fucking idiot. They tried turning it off and on again. <laughs> 
I love that show. <laughs> you love that show? Me too. I love that show the IT too. Crowd. Yes. The IT crowd is the best. It's all those British shows, uh, man. They're the best. Did you watch Black Books? I tried to watch Black uh, Books. That one is. That's probably my second favorite, only to like the IT crowd. I think crowd I need to go comedies. back and try to watch that again. You gotta I don't be know in a mood. You have to be maybe a little angry on the inside so maybe that you can identify with. Well, they call him Bernard, but Bernard. Yes, I'm angry on the inside. What's this? <laughs> it's so. I mean, see, no, it's it's, it's such a good books. show. He's really hard to understand because he's if you're and he's he's Irish. Irish and he talks very fast. It's a Is show. It on Netflix. It yeah, is on yeah. Hulu. It used, to be, it used to be on Netflix. It might be on. What was that one? It's hysterical. Um, British comedy that was kind of like Scrubs. The Green Room. Oh my Green God, room. that's hilarious! Oh I love that's still on my list. Show. That, that is, one is. It's Alyssa, funny. Watch it's that this weekend. Hilarious. Absolutely. Like, um, Report back. Okay. I'm like the first. Was it Netflix episode? or somewhere yes. else? It's Netflix. on Netflix. Okay. I'm like the first episode. Chick is trying to unclog a toilet with a with a with a ski pole. Ski pole. It, she, it's she takes a big hilarious. dump. She takes a big dump in this guy's in this guy's house because she has to stay there because she can't get into her apartment. In so a he hot says, guy's you can, house, you can stay here. So she takes this big dump and she can't get it to go down the toilet. And he's coming home. So she's trying to get it down with the ski pole. Oh my she god! She keeps going in and getting like different things to try to stick down the toilet. God, it's I love so that funny. show. That is a it's fucking hilarious show. I, hilarious. I'm going to watch that. I'm going to prioritize that over whatever the hell it was I was going to watch this weekend while I worked. Well, of course, we really should talk about books now. So what do you got book-wise for me over there, Miss Vani? Anything good? So, like I said earlier, I read a book that Kayla texted me and recommended. Hold on. Let me hold my phone up because I wouldn't want to move my head away from the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> and it's called We Were the Lucky Ones by Georgia Hunter. And I'm going to tell you what she texted me about this after I had started reading it. Um, she said that the person who wrote this, she heard them on another podcast, the author, and she wanted to make it a non-history book. But since it was a family story and she didn't get to hear it firsthand, she was afraid to make it a nonfiction book. So this is oh. an actual, this is based on her family's history. Cool. Yeah. And I didn't know that. And I was kind of feeling bad that I wasn't enjoying the book more when she texted me that and told me. And I'm like, <laughs> whoops, <laughs> I guess I better like it. I'm like, okay, well, have you ever read something and you're like, I don't know how accurate this is. Mm-hmm. And then like you re- you pull something up online and you're like, Oh, this is a true story. (laughs) I guess it is accurate. (laughs) But like I said, it's called uh, We Were the Lucky Ones. And it is about a Jewish family who lives in Poland. And it starts right before World War II. And it's a big family. I think there's like five kids. All of them are adult kids in their 20s or so. You know, all adult. None of them are, are, you know... Like one of one of them's even married and has, you know, a kid when the story starts. And then the war hits. And of course, they're a Jewish family in Poland. Mm. So everybody kind of scatters. And one of the sons is actually living in France at the time. And the story starts out where they all get together for Passover. And they didn't realize that this was the last time that the family would actually be together for the next five years Damn. because everybody kind of scatters 
when the war starts because they're on the run. Like the one who lives in France um, ends up having to like forge and bribe to get false documents so that he can try to get out of the country because, you know, Germany took over France and they sent all of the the Jews to concentration camps. And when all of that first started happening, he, you know, tried to get out of To leg it, yeah. Yeah. And um, so he ends up on a totally different continent. Damn. And there's no way to get word back to the family because uh, the Germans, the Nazis, were looking at the mail. They were, there was no free press. They looked at all of the mail, and if they didn't like what you had, they either blocked part of it out or just threw the whole letter away. So it was hard to get word back. And of course, if they find out that you've left the country on false documents, they're going to come get your ass and throw you in a concentration camp. So obviously nobody was writing to anybody else. Another one of the kids ended up in a a Soviet work camp in Siberia. And another one ended up in one of the ghettos. And I mean, they were all spread out. So this story kind of goes through all of their dramas and what they have to do to survive, basically. So when you were first reading it, you were thinking, oh, this isn't believable because it isn't accurate. Is that what you were thinking? Well, no, no, no. I didn't think it was. It wasn't that. It was. I thought it was um, dramatized. Oh, I see. Okay. Because I was like, really? All of these people and they end up in all these different places. But then I read that and I was like, oh, maybe it did happen that way. (laughs) (laughs) It was my own cynical thinking. And I shouldn't do that because it was, I mean, it was a good story. There was a lot of moving parts. So sometimes you had to remember who was who when it switched gears. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it would tell um, part of this story, like from Saul's perspective, like what's going on with his family. And then it would go over here to somebody else's family. And then it would go... Hmm. You know, so there was a lot of characters to try to remember. And I know it shouldn't be this way, but for me, some of the stranger names from this time period, it's hard to remember who's who because their names are so... I mean, I think like one of them was like Yakov or something like that. And I'm like, all right, I'm never going to remember that name. (laughs) Can I just call you Jack? (laughs) Well, there isn't a frame of reference in your head for it. Right. Yeah. So it's a little difficult to follow sometimes and it might be because it was an audiobook and not a regular book yeah because i've noticed when you have this many moving parts it's harder to follow on an audiobook than if you're reading an actual book because you can flip back and say oh okay well that's who that person is mm-hmm. i feel like even just seeing it like in context makes it a little easier yeah and that's one of the you know downfalls of audiobooks but so at the end of the day at the end of you know, the journey. Did you like the book? I did like the book. It did take me a little while to get into it, but I think part of that might be because I had a whole slew of World War II books that I read all at one time. And it actually took me three takes from the library to finish this. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Because I kept stopping it and reading something else. uh, So you were in a little bit of war overload? Yeah, well, that and I had watched like three documentaries right in a row about (laughs) World War II And then I was reading the book. I'm telling you, I get interested in something and I like overload on it until I'm like done and I can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, I get it. Until I lean back and I'm like, no more. (laughs) 
It's like the pie. You like eat it until you feel like you're going to puke. I will love things until I hate them. <laughs> and I do that. I, I will rewatch a movie over and over and over again until I'm absolutely sick of it. I will eat the same thing for a week until I'm absolutely sick of it. And here we are with World War II books. I don't know why I do that. It's yeah, my right. obsessive personality, apparently. We were the lucky ones. And like I said, um, this was a good book. A lot of moving parts. The ending is good. I'm not going to tell you if everyone survives or not because you have to read the book. They do some very brave things to try to stay alive. All of them are very smart and not very trusting of the Germans and the Well, that's probably Soviets. a good thing. And they did a lot of bribing guards. And that's- so I would I would recommend it. It's kind of a long book. It's a little romancy but not hugely romancy. And there's one part that's freaking hilarious in it. Cracked <laughs> cracked me smooth up. A hilarious part in a book you were reading about well, World War II. That's amazing. It's, it's just because one of the the Jewish people who are lying about being Jewish, they're pretending to be Catholic. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you this one part. It doesn't ruin anything. It's just freaking hilarious. So they're renting an apartment from... A lady, and they're really Jewish, but they're pretending to be Catholic. So they're not, you know, turned in and sent to a concentration camp. And the landlord starts questioning them and thinking that they're Jewish. So she comes, she keeps coming over unannounced. So the husband takes this kind of like a flesh colored bandage that's thin and he sticks it onto his penis with egg wash so it sticks. Because, you know, back then, Jewishes would be circumcised, but Catholics would not be. Oh. And then the landlord comes over unannounced. And so he does this and he's wearing this like this all day. (laughs) And she comes over unannounced and, you know, I think you're Jewish. And they're like, we're not Jewish. And she's like, how can you prove it? And dude drops trow in the middle of the kitchen (laughs) and (laughs) and says, is this enough proof? (laughs) Well, the wife's. Standing in the other side going, oh, my God, what are you doing? (laughs) Well, there's no doubt anymore. (laughs) And it was just, I don't know, it struck me as really hilarious. I'm listening to it going, holy crap. (laughs) Just dropping trowel right in the middle of the living room, in the kitchen. So what's what's the... um... It's called We Were the Lucky Ones by Georgia Hunter. Alyssa. Is it my turn? It is. So this week, uh, I read The Boy Next Door by Meg Cabot. Guess what, Martha? They sell this one in the fiction section. <gasps> <gasps> I've read some some stuff by her before, I, I think. I adore Meg Cabot. She is my favorite author. Pretty sure. I got a I signed copy of one of her books for Christmas last year, and I screamed so loud, I'm pretty <laughs> sure all the neighbors around me could hear me. I love her. I'm... So you're saying if I move into your apartment complex and all of a sudden you start screaming, you could just be reading. I could just be reading. <laughs> okay, gotcha. I could be opening a present and a signed copy of a book maybe just, is in there that I wasn't expecting maybe and just I'm just send you a text. dying. Are you reading? Are you, <laughs> are you fine? <laughs> Everything okay over there? <laughs> Yeah, so this is one of her earlier um, stories. It's from the early 2000s, and it is based on a newspaper, and it takes place at the New York Journal, which is a fictionalized newspaper. There could be, like, a tiny paper now called the New York Journal, but this is fake. 
Ah, okay. (laughs) This takes place at the New York Journal, and Mel is a gossip columnist, and she loves her job. Uh, She's got some problems. She's got a real hard time with punctuality. She gets all these emails from HR all the time, Um, and that's how the book starts. (laughs) So the book starts with Mel's warning from HR, and this is like the 32nd time, like in this quarter, that Mel has been late for work. And so it starts out with this email, and that introduces you to the whole story. So it's a modern, I'm going to say it wrong, epistolary novel. So instead of it being letters, it's emails. Hmm. And so now she's got newer, she has a newer one now, and it also, it's got text messages and stuff, but this was 2002, and texts weren't free, and also not full words, because you paid by the character. So... It's all emails. It's a really cool concept. Uh, up until I read this book, I'd never seen that before. I'm sure they're out there, but it's a really fun concept because it's just people like, and you can see the whole thread of like people who are copied on this email in this conversation. Like <laughs> this whole other section of like this family is in this email chain, like talking to each other and bitching about their mom. <laughs> it's so good. So, um, Mel lives in New York City, and so um, she was late this morning specifically. Because her elderly neighbor has gone to the hospital. She was ta- early morning. She was taken in via the ambulance. And so Mel is like, oh, my God, what about her dog? And so she knows where, like, the fake key is. And she owns, the old lady owns this great Dane. And it's an adorable dog. <laughs> <laughs> he seems so sweet. And he's kind of old. So he's got, like, some problems. Um, but so... She like goes to work and she's worrying and worrying about, you know, what's going to happen with this dog. And is she, Mrs. Friederlander, who is the old lady, you know, is she going to be okay? And she comes home from work and there's a guy there and she's like, oh, you must be her grandson. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Well, as it turns out, it wasn't his grand, her grandson. Uh-oh. Yes. So this is supposed to be Max. It's her grandson. He's a dick. He's a minor character in the story, but he's like this photographer who's like off on some island, like with a model, and he just is not grounded in reality mm. in any way. He should be, if he lived in the real world, he would be like one of the like first five contestants on The Bachelor to go home because he's just such an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> For That's those how of you I... who are Bachelor watchers, no, get that. You. <laughs> he's an idiot. So, because he's an idiot and a dick, he doesn't want to go home and, like, see what's wrong with his dying grandmother. Mm. And so, he asks his friend, John, who is the man in this apartment, hey, can you go take care of my dog and check on my grandma? I'm not leaving this island. Blah, 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 blah. And John, like, owes him a favor. And so, he's like, fine, whatever, dude. But so, he doesn't correct Mel. Oh, no. Which is bad. And then doubly bad is they're both like, I kind of like you. Ah, You're cool. They so both... then it starts out their relationship on a lie. It does start it out on a lie. But they like all the same weird dumb stuff like uh, natural disasters. And um, like they have a whole conversation about earthquakes. And they like blues music. And it kind of reminds me of Must Like Dogs. I love that movie. Oh, yeah. I've I just watched that not that. too long You would ago. love it, Alyssa. I'm sure I would. I just haven't seen it. I think I might own it. You want to go back to your review now? <laughs> so, uh, Mel and John, who is still pretending to be Max, the horrible, horrible grandson of Mrs. Friederlander, um, they're really hitting it off. They're super adorable. 
They like because they're like across the hallway from each other, and they're both like playing it cool a little. But they send all these cute, flirty emails to each other because this is a time when it's like it's like iMessage. Like if you have a Mac, and like I had a boss who just leave iMessage up all day so that she could like do her text. So it'd be like that, but on your computer. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have an email at that time because I wasn't allowed to have one. Is it like you're too mail? young? Because I was ten. Beep. Yeah. Yeah. You've got mail. Yes, cool. but newer. <laughs> a little, a little well, more modern than that. A little more but... modern than you've got mail. But yeah, same idea. They're doing, even though they're across from each other because they both work all day, they're doing most of their communicating via email. So um, their first attempt to go on a date is foiled by um, her, Mrs. Friederlander's other pet, a cat called Tweedledum. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know what happened to Tweedledee. There's just one cat, and its name is Tweedledum. <laughs> and um, he's got his own story. He's got so his own book. So because John is not actually Mrs. Friederlander's grandson, he doesn't know like the things that like this cat like is attracted to and wants to eat and stuff like that. And so it eats a rubber band. Oh my god! No, which there's is nothing grosser than not a good. Cat. Well, no. So it gets like stuck, and so they have to take Ew. it. They have to take him to the to like the pet ER because he might die. And so that's how their first date goes. Mm. <laughs> but this whole thing is punctuated by this fantastic cast of characters. Um, one of Mel's coworkers is like, she's also, she's like the head gossip columnist basically, but she's also like a socialite within her own right. And like, she's having an affair with like the editor slash owner of the paper. And like, she's got a be- her best friend who she's a food reviewer who is about to get married to her husband, who was a chef at a restaurant she reviewed. And, like, they're super cute, so that's fun. And, like, John is in all these emails with his brother, um, his sister, and then his sister-in-law, and they're hysteric. Like, it's just such a, like, it's just like a family conversation, you know, when it's, like, when everyone's just being really hateful to each other. (laughs) But in a very family way. It's not really hateful. Mm -hmm. Like, you wouldn't talk to other people this way, but you would. I would absolutely talk to my sister this way. Oh, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Just, like, kind of hateful, but they all, like, they're all fed up with their mom because their mom is also a socialite, but a fucking nightmare. (laughs) If you think, like, classic, like, New York City socialite, like, Mm -hmm. very rich, like, very, like, I'm sure none of you watched it, but one of my favorite shows is Gossip Girl. I loved Gossip Girl. Thank God. So she's like Lily Vanderwoodson. Yeah. But um, it's one book and not five seasons. So like less, <laughs> less like pre- more one dimensional because mm-hmm. she's not a main character. But so they just, they bitch about their mom and like, there's this one quote and I'm trying to think of it. And John's brother says, Stacy, something's wrong with John. I called him an asshole the other day and he didn't even care. like it's so good it's so funny um there's kind of a mystery that pops up because no one can really figure out what happened to mrs friederlander there's been like a peeping tom going around like the neighborhood bad shit must go down in new york city like all the time like it just must be a crime nightmare it's everywhere and just a lot of weird stuff all the time yeah and so but there's like a peeping tom that's been like stealing woman's like like tights and like pantyhose and stuff and they were like maybe it was him and he came in to steal some of her like pantyhose but like she was there and he like knocked her down and so we're trying to figure out like what happened to her like apparently she's like kind of one of those like recursive like 
rich. You ladies. know how many times you've said like in the last <laughs> so few many seconds? times. Like Jesus fucking liking Christ. This is how I talk. <laughs> She's very family girl. No, my parents just that last that last sentence. My parents thought I was going to grow out of it, and I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, go They're ahead. They're like, this is how teenagers talk. No, this is how I'm going to talk for the rest of my life. <laughs> so in the end, um, you know, we're trying to figure out what happened to Mrs. Friederlander. We're trying to figure out, well, you know, is John going to own up to the fact that he's not Max? <laughs> that he's pretending to be a whole nother person? Um, and are they going to fall in love in the end? It's such a fun story. It's such a quick read because it's just so delightful. And you're just like reading people's emails. So it's just snippets so it doesn't seem like it's as long. As it doesn't it seem is. like it's as long because it's just these snippets that like form a whole story. It's delightful. It's one of my favorites. So that was The Boy Next Door by Meg Cabot. Yay. Like, I love it. It actually does sound like really like delightful. <laughs> it is. Oh, my God. That like sounds so retro. <laughs> because it's like emails and stuff and like i'm a hundred percent i have said a sentence like that before <laughs> like probably in the last year <laughs> well anyways <laughs> nicole wait tell me who your um author is again meg cabot okay so i read nine perfect strangers by leanne moriarty oh i've Ooh. seen the cover of that one previously and i read something else by her yep and we've i think we've both reviewed yeah. a book by her. yeah we have um but it is her newest one that just came out last month, and it is about nine people who go to a health resort, and then you also learn about the director of this health resort. And the book starts out with this corporate like CEO woman having a heart attack in her office, and she's having a heart attack and won't let the paramedic like work on her because <laughs> she's too busy working, <laughs> which is oh, no. stereotypical of any... Like, uh, that's probably something CEO. I would do, Yeah, honestly, if I was trying to get my football that rundowns. Like- <laughs> but that's how this book starts out. And then, then you find out, you learn about Frances first, and she's kind of the main character, although you do learn way a lot about all of the, these guys. But Frances is, like, in her 50s. Um, you f- quickly find out that she is really upset because she just fell for a scam in which some guy on the internet made her fall in love with him, and he he had a pretend kid. She kind of fell in love with this pretend kid. She was planning to move to America to, like, live with this dude. And suddenly, the kid gets in an accident, and he needs $5,000. So she sends money. X amount of... And she sends money and never hears from the dude again. So she has just fallen for this. And she's also a best-selling author of romance books. Hey! However, she is no longer at the top of her game... And in fact, as she's on her way to the health resort, she finds out that her latest book was not accepted. Oh, man. So she's kind of in a really bad place. Um, She's not really like overweight. She's just like probably any 50 year old. They don't really like where she's not really comfortable in her body, I guess. But she's not like she doesn't feel fat. (laughs) (laughs) You just gain weight in all the wrong places. But she just goes to this health resort because she, well, one, because the computer was telling her last spot available and for, she it was kind of like an impulse deal. But <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. But anyway, she, so she goes to this health re- resort deal. She doesn't know what to expect. Then you start learning about these other guys who are also on their way to the health resort. And there's a couple who are really, really young and they're married and they're really rich. And they show up in like a Lamborghini. And you find out that they had won the lottery 
and it's kind of tearing their marriage apart and a few other things. And then you learn about some other dude who stops at a winery on the way to the health resort, even though you're not allowed to bring it's it's considered contraband. <laughs> you this resort. Yeah, up. I don't want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is more of like like you have to cleanse <laughs> type of a health resort. Mm-mm. But um, and then I don't, you just so there's nine <laughs> different people, and then you learn about like the the girl who opened this resort and why she opened it, and um, it's pretty hilarious. It's a little bit slow because you have to get everybody into the resort and then you kind of like just I guess she's kind of like letting you discover the resort yourself a little bit before you really get into the story and it picks up when they literally go to like this yoga class or this like aided meditation class Mm -hmm. and they give everybody a smoothie and then then some chick realizes they drugged them well, they gave everybody ecstasy. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Maybe I do want to go here. Why can't you bring wine if they're going to give you ecstasy? <laughs> and But everybody has their own problems at this resort, obviously. Um, and you, there's a, a family, like a mother, husband, and child. And the child, her brother had just like died three years ago. But there's none of they're all still grieving. But anyways, they all have these problems and they kind of work through it. And you kind of that's why her books are so good is because she can talk about life in a way that lets you see the other side of something. Um, And she's done that in her other books. But just like learning about all of these people is so interesting. And it's one of the reasons we've talked about this a lot and why we enjoy reading. So... Because you're a fly on the wall. Yeah. yeah. You can look and see. So you get to be a fly on the wall and you get to learn these guys really, really personally. And it's hilarious some of the things that happen. Like one guy, there's a pool at this health resort and the dude accidentally breaks his like swim trunks. But he just, he's like, fuck it. And he goes swimming anyways. And they stay on him until he's trying to leave and they fall off. But he has two smiley face tattoos on his ass cheeks like one on each ass cheek <laughs> and it, like there's just really super unique things about each of these characters that you're kind of discovering and so huh. i don't know it's really interesting it is a little bit slow to get into just because of the you have to build everything up yeah um, yep but i always enjoy reading her her insights into the world her writing is very unique and exploring her character so thoroughly but it's called uh, Nine Perfect Strangers by Leanne Moriarty. Nicole, did they give the child ecstasy too? Hmm. Well, she's tech, she's child. She's like nineteen, <laughs> but yes. Oh, okay. Oh well, they. Also... I've been sitting on this question for like four minutes. <laughs> I know now, because like, you know triple like, ecstasy with my parents is not something. I don't want to interrupt no, you, but also I really need to know. <laughs> they find out. But the the point of the ecstasy was to like. They had all of the counselors there, so they kind of let people trip, but then they'd work through their problems uh, while they were on ecstasy. And it was actually a lot of psychiatrists are using. Um, but then they also find out they've been microdosed the entire time they were there, which is also something psychiatrists. Well, are yeah, doing. and it talks right about that now, microdosing. microdosing. Hell, I'd do it. What? I hate you for the book you're going to read because I haven't read book? it yet. Well, I'm telling you, Nicole, this is not something I would normally be drawn to. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really my intention to read it at all. I just sort of ran across an article about 
this book and somebody said, well, it's, it's kind of science fiction. And I went, what? Because this guy is Hank Green, John Green's brother. I love John Green. And I just assumed, which wasn't very open-minded of me, that he was going to be a lot like his brother. Well, guess what? He's not. No, but they're both awesome. They're very different, though. Yeah. So, okay. So, this book, (laughs) I didn't, I was not expecting to A, like it, B, to have any connection to it, whatever. I don't know why. I just didn't think I was going to. But the truth is, this was an awesome book. And I'm really excited to tell you about it because it had such interesting and diverse characters. All right. So imagine you're in New York City. Could you tell us? Oh, I'm sorry. What is it? It's called An Absolutely Remarkable Thing by Hank Green. Imagine that this girl, and I don't remember exactly what ta- what uh, she's doing, but I remember it's about three o'clock in the morning and she goes to get on the subway and she realizes she doesn't have her Metro card. So then she has to go back. But then something else happens and so she has to go a different way. And while she's walking there, she notices this statue in the middle of the street or not in the street, but like in on the sidewalk. Well, it's not that unusual to see some weird art installations, evidently, <laughs> on the sidewalks of New York City. It's a pretty interesting place. I have two New York City stories. Yeah, I know. That's why I thought it was kind of cool. <laughs> um, so she, she, it's, she's an art student as well. I should mention that. No, she's an artist. And she has a job she doesn't particularly like very much right now. Or she walks up to this statue and the first thing she thinks is it looks like a transformer and she's like huh that's interesting what the hell's that doing there i never noticed that before and then she starts to walk on but then she says wait a second you know what i never stop to really appreciate things so she stops and she looks at it and she really takes it in and how much time it must have taken to create this piece of art and she kind of looks at it and she touches it and she realizes it's it's almost kind of warm and it's cold outside so that's kind of weird and then being the person that she is she calls up her best friend who's a guy and says you need to bring your camera and come down here right now because we need to take a video of this because this is fucking cool and he's like it's three o'clock in the morning really can't this wait and she's like nope It can't wait. You've got to come right now. So he reluctantly comes to this place where she is and he brings his camera and he's like, okay, well, how are we going to do this? And she goes, well, give me that microphone over there. He goes, I've already mic'd you up. You don't need that. She goes, no, I, I want it for a prop. So she takes it as a prop and she interviews the statue. I don't know what she says. Like, good evening. This is Carl. And he's on the street here in New York City and, you know, sort of does a fake interview with him. Well, her buddy then goes back and does the edit, puts it out there, and she goes to bed. And then he wakes her up and he's like, you've got to look at this. It turns out that a bunch of statues just exactly like this one have all appeared in different cities all over the world. But the thing about her is that because this video was out there before anybody else was really talking about it she's like the first person to discover discover it Mm -hmm. and everyone calls them carls 
Because that's because so she used right. it. <laughs> and her name is April May. That's what her name is, which I thought was a fucking fantastic name for a character, April May. She's um she is living with a girl. She has issues with her relationship. She lives with a girl and they're a couple, mm-hmm. but she can't quite commit. She's sort of having issues with that. And what happens with all around this, they're first trying to figure out what the hell this thing is because nobody really knows at first they think well maybe it's like one of those movie um a publicity stunt? a publicity stunt yeah oh. she just said stunt and then publicity like i said it backwards <laughs> okay so a publicity stunt that's what they think it is but then they start to realize little by little that that can't possibly be for one thing there's several places that have tried to move the statue they can't move it oh um, Carl doesn't like to be moved. Carl like, likes where he's settled. Yes, he does. <laughs> Don't mess with Carl. <laughs> and there are some other really cool things that happen. Um, he gets a Wikipedia entry. Yes. And they go look on Wikipedia and they're trying to, there's a typo in it. So they go in and they try to fix the typo. And every time they try to fix the typo, two more typos pop up. It's like this really weird shit. Little by little, they start to piece things together and and it becomes this huge puzzle. And in the meantime, April May has become extremely, extremely rich because her video has gone viral. Mm -hmm. So she's making tens of thousands of dollars from her video. Mm -hmm. And she's got all these followers and all this stuff is happening to her and Damn, what a cool fucking book, man. Yay! I gave it five stars, and I loved it so much. And it had the coolest ending, but it was nothing like you would expect. Wait, do you guys hear how in awe she is of this book? Yes. Let me mention it's a young adult book. It is. It No, it's not. She's in her 20s. But he, that's a, he wrote that. It's like... she's a, And she's a lesbian. This is not a young adult book. I will guarantee you it there is in the young adult in, it is in the young adult category. There are Alyssa? lesbians in young adult books. <laughs> no fucking way. This is not yes, fiction, science fiction, young adult contemporary. So science fiction first. No, fiction first. <laughs> yeah, fiction first. Young adult too. Well teen like it did not I mean there are subsections let me just of young say, adult though. There's yeah. like this is more like, for like, like all of John Green books are thrown into young adult too, even though I don't think they're necessarily yeah, young adult. This is more like a yellow taxi press it's young like adult. New adult, which is a subgenre of in the twenties, like, in the twenties, twenty year olds, like eighteen to like twenty two. Basically, it's like college. She's already graduated saying, from college. It's that Martha it's that likes middle. to say she hates young adults. No. But really, she doesn't, because she's just generalizing all of young adults. I generalize. I know. I don't like romance novels. That was I don't my really entire point, not the argument. Adult. Oh, shush. This is like, you read a young adult one last time. You know, for somebody who tries to fight for equality, you are very not equal. Oh, shut up. For the children. <laughs> it was a good book, and I liked it. So there. It was a very um, surprising book on a lot of fronts. I learned a lot of stuff about Twitter and <laughs> and YouTube and things that I didn't really because I'm really not that savvy when it comes to Literally social my media. First thought was like, "Ooh, she got smart and monetized her shit." Yes. Yeah, and she ends up getting a an assistant, and she's got an agent. She's got all this stuff going on, but of course, her relationships suffer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Monetize your shit, people. 
And um, it had a really, really interesting ending. But it was very science fiction, though. I was very surprised I did not expect that going in. I didn't really learn that much about the book before I started reading it. I just sort of hopped Mm -hmm. right in. If you like a little bit of science fiction, but not a lot, this would be the perfect kind of book for you. Because it takes place in our world, and something kind of weird happens, but it doesn't alter the entire landscape because of it. Also, if you like John Green, he kind of mentored Hank Green on writing this book, and John Green's amazing. And they also have a podcast together, the two of them. They do, indeed. Uh, they have a lot more. You want me to read this? so much shit together. No, it's fine. They it's have fine. a YouTube entire channel with like 15 different things. Hank Green is considered, they call him, the Washington Post has named him one of America's most popular science teachers, just so you guys know. He's a and a million cool other guy. things. I just think that um, this book is really fucking awesome. Is that awesome. your penis cover? No, oh, it's, Hank my <laughs> Hank Green it's my nose. Hank Green warmer. So he headed up one of my favorite your adaptations warmer? of it's a nose Pride and warmer. Prejudice. And they did a web series mm-hmm. for Pride and Prejudice called The Lizzie Bennet oh, yeah. Diaries. Well, because I Googled Hank Green. Uh-huh. And it's a it, hundred episodes. They did a novelization of it. So they did an entire... It was the... No one had done it before. It was the coolest adaptation of a book I had ever seen. It was a transmedia story. Hmm. And so it started off as her doing vlogs just on YouTube. And so, I mean, they've casted this girl and all of that, so it's all actors. But then they had it spread, and there are these inter- as new characters come in, they interact with each other on Twitter and on YouTube and hmm. Pinterest accounts. It is it was one of the coolest things that I've seen anyone ever do with a story. And, they, I mean, they've started, like, a whole genre of it of people like specifically redoing classics like that i mean hmm. when i say like this got popular like i'm talking like millions and millions of views on youtube popular they, they, these guys was, have probably were, made some serious dough well, yeah. <laughs> like uh, doing yeah. really cool shit yeah but they do so much stuff i literally couldn't list it all like he's the ceo of a company and like a bajillion things. but i want to tell you something that was even cooler today i went into full circle bookstore mm-hmm. thinking Gosh, this is such a cool book. I should get a copy because I listened to it on audio. Mm-hmm. And I opened the cover. <gasps> and it's signed. It's, it's signed. signed. They had, did you, they had is Marcus Zusak's edition? new book there. No, but I wasn't signed. looking for that one. I was looking for this is one. Is it a well, first know, edition? Do you have a signed first edition? I do. Martha? And it's his first book. Oh, girl. So 20 years from now, folks, I'm going to have a very valuable mm-hmm. book on my hands. That's awesome. All right. I would drop the mic right now, but... <laughs> you can't. I can't drop the mic. It's all hooked up. It's spring-loaded. Damn it, it's spring-loaded! <laughs> Artemis Fowl, one of the greatest fantasy sci-fi novels. I read as a child. Martha, if you haven't read it, you have to read it. I have a first edition copy on my shelf. <laughs> I've been the playing the trailer came out this week. I have been waiting for this movie to come out since I was like eight fucking years old. It looks so good. I'm so excited. It's here, friends. I know. I'm so Everyone excited. Everyone has been waiting. It's finally here. God, we need to wrap this up. Seriously, dude. Okay, well, let me finish this juniper latte that I got from Starbucks. <laughs> I told her, don't get a juniper <laughs> latte. You know what juniper is, don't you? It's pine trees. You're gonna, well, you're, It's going to taste like you were licking a pine tree. Okay, no one can see my face right now, but it's really disgusted. Yeah, but I've licked worse, so it's okay. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, 
That's going to do it for Three Three Book Book Girls. Can't get enough of Three Book Girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a Steel Trap production.